This is That Guy Jig Sports Podcast. I am him, J-I-G. Subscribe, rate, and review. We're on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcast. Check us out. We're also on Instagram at That Guy Jig. We're going to talk some college ball. We're talking college football today. We're a, we're, we're a little bit, you know, we've passed where Nick Saban has retired. The news has dropped. The domino has fallen. Now Alabama, now Alabama brings in Kalen DeBoer from Washington to replace, to, re, to fill the shoes of the GOAT. This is interesting. I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about an aspect that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. There's aspects of this that are, you know, you know, are said like, oh, well, you're replacing Nick Saban, the guy after Nick Saban, blah, blah, blah. I think overall it's a great hire. I have one question, and that I will ask. But with him going to Alabama from Washington, now Washington has avoided head coach. They hired Arizona's head coach. So Arizona's coach is going from Big Ten bound now, I mean Big 12 bound, now to Big Ten bound. So now you see a lot of moving parts in college football. This is why I say to the people who say the players should be you know, the transfer portal is unacceptable. But this is why I say that. Because now you have two coaches leaving a power. One coach retires and now two coaches have to move jobs at Power 5 universities. Where, where, where now these athletes are, are left without a, a direction. They're left without a, an idea. It's a cold world when your head coach leaves. Hell, it's a cold world when your company gets bought out for another company. How many times do we hear about companies being bought out? And then next thing you know, they bring in their own employees. They bring in their own system. It's the same thing in college sports, folks. There's no difference. You get a new coaching staff comes in. They didn't recruit you. They didn't. They, they, they don't have a personal relationship with you. They didn't talk to your parents. I mean, if you're the best of the best on the team, if you're, you know, if you're the top rusher, top receiver, top lineman, yeah. But I'm talking about the guys who maybe we're looking at next year. Guys who were supposed to be learning the DeBoer system for next year. That shit's dead. Because DeBoer's not at Alabama. So Jed Fish goes from Arizona to Washington. He goes from, like I said, Big 12 bound. Now he's Big 10 bound. I don't disagree with his move. I like what he He's an NIL coach. So listen to me, hear me, hear me now. Jed Fish will be successful at Washington. Maybe not at the level of DeBoer. Maybe not that level. But he will be successful because he believes in NIL. He understands what NIL is. He doesn't see it as, as a, a, a loss of control. See... That's see that's that's the thing with the people who don't like NIL. You kind of get a sense of well, the players get to do what they want. It's 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 pay to play. A lot of coaches don't like that. It takes away you know some of their power. Jed Fish is not one of those guys. He's not one of those guys. He he understands what NIL does for a player, so he will be successful at Washington. Now, before we get real started on this Alabama topic, I have two. There's two main topics for today, folks. It's, it's Harbaugh and it's Alabama. 
But there's one team I want everybody here to listen to me about. It's Tulane University. Tulane University has added three five-star players. Three five-star players. Ty Thompson, the quarterback from Oregon, transfer. Mario Williams, receiver, USC, transfer. And Shaz Preston, transfer, Alabama. This is going to be a team that I expect to be in that Final 12 talk, that playoff talk. I expect to hear about Tulane late in the season, maybe, you know, for a team to watch out for. This is not a team you want to sleep on. Don't let the seeding fool you. We've heard it all before. We've seen the movie. Watch out for Tulane. But before, I'm going to end on Bama. Let's talk about Harbaugh. Because here's something that I don't think people are really, are really hip to yet. The Big Ten is in trouble. I will say this again. The Big Ten is in trouble. With Harbaugh going, presumably going to the NFL. From what I've been reading, it's almost signed, sealed, and delivered. He's going to the NFL. All of his top players have decided to go to the NFL. So that that tells you a little bit of where things might be, I've talked, have been said. J.J. McCarthy was not really looked at as a just top five, top you know six quarterback in this draft, but he has entered the draft. So that kind of lets you know Harbaugh is probably leaving. Now, with him leaving, if I'm Ohio State, I'm happy. If I'm Michigan State, I'm happy. If I'm Penn State, I'm happy. Iowa, I'm happy. But at the same time, with all this joy and jubilee, with all the celebrations in the streets, with all the parades, Harbaugh is gone. I'm telling you, the Big Ten is going to be affected by this. Michigan is the last of the Big Ten's power. That's why Ohio State is trying to get everything they can. They're bringing in Bill O'Brien. They're bringing in Judkins. They're bringing in Will Howard. Ryan Day has relinquished all play calling and given it all to Bill O'Brien. They're bringing in Caleb Downs, the the best five-star safety I've seen in the past 10 years. Transferred from Alabama. Led Alabama in total tackles as a true freshman, folks. He has three years of eligibility. He will be in Jim Knowles' defense at Ohio State. That's big time. That's big time. But it's still asking the question of where is this Big Ten depth? You look at the top four in the Big Ten. Ohio State. Penn State, Michigan, and Iowa. Only one of those teams won a bowl game this year. And we can blame it on, we can blame it on opt-outs, we can blame it on this, we can blame it on that. The gist of the matter is, it ain't good enough. And it hasn't been good enough for years. Penn State cannot win a big football game. James Franklin cannot win a big football game. You take Michigan out, cool. Maybe he beats Michigan next year. Maybe Michigan takes a step back, depending on who they hire, because no matter who you hire, it's not Harbaugh. I'm going to say this again. No matter who you hire, it is not Harbaugh. Even if you give the job to Moore, he has to bring in his people. Now his people have to hit the streets. They have to hit this recruiting page. It's not the same. It's not Harbaugh, folks. So what I'm telling you right now is, Michigan losing Harbaugh is huge because now the Big Ten is out, and I mean out, 
of having a true powerhouse. You have Ohio State. I get it. You have Ohio State. But I'm talking depth. I'm talking about depth and powerhouses. You look at you look at the SEC. You got Georgia, you got Bama, you got LSU. These are teams that at any given year are going to go for a national championship. They're going to play for national championship admirations. You look out you look out west before the Pac-12 blew up. You had Washington, Oregon, USC. Yeah, you still have these universities. You have Ohio State, you have Penn State, you have Michigan. Only two of them are winning. And only one of them has been winning consistently since the, since the regime change. Since Ryan Day has taken over as head coach, there's only been one team in the Big Ten that's competing year in and year out. And that's Michigan. And now Michigan's losing their general. They're losing their leader. So what are they going to do in the Big Ten? Luckily, you get Washington, you get Oregon, you got Dan Lanning, you got the, one of the brightest spots in the, in the NCAA coming in to coach. So that's okay. You can appreciate that. That's, that's a bright spot. But I'm here to tell you, Ohio State, this offense is going to be pretty predictable. Go look. Do me a favor. Sidebar. This is education time. Go look at Alabama when they had Bill O'Brien as their offensive coordinator. Go look at Jameer Gibbs. Go look at his stats when he was at Alabama and he was the, and he was the number one receiver. Go look at, I mean, number one receiver, number one running back. Because Bill O'Brien was the offensive coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator. I'm not saying the guy's a bad OC. I'm saying I don't know if he's I don't know if he's the guy to get you over the hump. That's what I'm saying. At Penn State, didn't really get them over the hump. I mean, yeah, it was a. Uh, you got to remember when he was at Penn State, it was a very terminal. It, it, it was turmoil. It was right after the Jerry Sandusky shit. It was right after the Penn State shit. They bring in O'Brien. He kind of rejuvenates the program. Whoop-de-bam. All's good. But overall, he doesn't move me for Ohio State. He doesn't. What the Big Ten needs is depth. Like I said, good thing, good thing, they do have they do have some depth. Good thing, I mean, good thing Ohio State's good. But like I said, we're looking for, we're looking. I mean, that defense is going to be god tier. Jim Knowles is a, is a is a brilliant, brilliant man. So we know what that defense is going to be. It's it's really going to come down to what is this offense going to be? Because I'm going to tell you right now, Judkins. Is going to be highly, 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 highly involved. Jameer Gibbs' time at Alabama, he had 900 yards rushing and 400 yards receiving. He had 44 receptions. He's going to be heavily involved. But my point about this whole rant is Michigan State's down. Nebraska's trying to rebuild. They haven't been good in a decade. Rutgers is bad. Great defense, but they're bad. 
So right now, you're if you're the Big Ten, you're really hoping Washington, Oregon, come in, bring a shot of life to this conference. Because outside of Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan, now that Michigan is losing Harbaugh, Michigan will be taking a step back. Maybe a couple steps back. But what I'm telling you right now is this is this is this is, this is this is going to be very interesting for the Big Ten. You're losing depth, and a lot of people don't want to talk about this. They don't want to speak on it. I'm speaking on it early. The Big Ten is going to struggle next year, especially when we're talking about getting multiple teams into the playoffs. There's 12 teams, and like I said, I, I expect two per conference. I think the Big Ten might get two. Because as it stands... The transfer wave isn't that big in the Big Ten. You're looking at you're looking at Ohio State. This is an Ohio State ran league again. And you're hoping Penn State might be able to pull it out. You're hoping Oregon can come in and, and do some big things. I have Oregon a very number one, number two type team their first year in the Big Ten. So that's how I feel about that. Moving on. To my question about Kalen DeBoer in Alabama. And it's not as he a winner. We know he can win. I think the guy's only lost three games at Washington. I think he's might have lost 12 games overall in his whole career. So it's not is he a winner. It's not can he lead a program. We know this. We know that. We know he can lead a program. My question for him is this. Will this style of play work in the SEC? I'll say it again. Will this style of play work in the SEC? We've seen this story before, folks. Maybe not with as many wins. Maybe not as juggernautish. But we have seen this before. His name is Mike Leach, RIP to the Pirate. His name is Mike Leach. Mike Leach went from Texas Tech, Washington State, made Washington State a winner, went from Washington State all the way to where? Mississippi State. And he has, and Mississippi State has struggled with that type of offense in the SEC. Listen to me, folks. What do I always tell you about football? The keys to football. Turnovers, field position, and the ability to... To run the ball. A.K.A. time of possession. If you cannot run the ball, you cannot be successful in the SEC. And I will give you a huge, huge point here in a second. But my, that is my question. is Can this style of play work in the SEC? He'll have all the... He'll have the greatest and the most, and the most fertile and rich recruiting ground in America... He'll have the best to pick from. He will have Nick Saban's locker. He will be able to go to the same place that Nick Saban has went all these years and found all these magnificent players. He will have firsthand access to that. So it's not about can he get the players to fill the position. He'll be able to get the players. But will this style of play work? He will have the cream of the crop. He won't have to worry about weather that much anymore. The weather's out the You're in Alabama. It's going to be humid. It's going to be hot. It's going to be sunny. 
I can't remember the last game that was a torrential downpour. I can't remember the last time Alabama played in snow. This is what he's getting away from in the Big Ten. I can't remember the day Alabama played a game in in, in sub-45 degree weather. This is what he's getting away from in the Big Ten. I understand that. This is the part that I keep questioning. Will this style of play work? Guys, Tennessee, check me, don't wreck me. Check it. And if I'm wrong, comment below. The University of Tennessee is the number one rushing offense in the Big Ten. I mean, the Big in, in the SEC. Excuse me. The University of Tennessee has the number one rushing offense in the SEC. Do you know how much they rush for per game? 200 yards per game. And they weren't even the best in the SEC. LSU rushed for over 200 yards per game in the SEC. You have to be able to run the ball. Do you know what Washington ran for per game? 114 yards per game. 114 yards per That is not going to get it done in the Southeastern Conference where it just means more. It's not going to get it done. Listen to me. There is a direct correlation between teams that run over 160 yards and bowl eligibility in the SEC. There's a direct correlation. If you are able to run the ball, I don't care if you can throw the ball a thousand times and you put up all these points. You're not controlling time of possession. When your number one means to move the ball is through the air, you cannot control time of possession. It is an impossibility. There's a reason why the wishbone is a running is a run-first offense. It's not a pass-first offense. All these people who go air raid and they go, you know, they go five wide, they go, they go, they go max receiver personnel, they put the ball up 40 and 50 times per game. Look at how many points their defenses are giving up. There's a direct thing with that. Your defense doesn't have time to breathe. You don't care if they have time to breathe because your philosophy is I'm going to outscore you. Case in point, USC, Lincoln Riley, Alex Grinch, the worst head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator combination, probably since the Rex Ryan brothers, probably since the Ryan brothers, Rex and Rob Ryan. This is a terrible combination. Why? Because you have an offense that wants to score, 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 score. And you've got a defense that can't stop a nosebleed. So your defense is out there more than they need to be. And it's all because of the success of your offense. Check it. Check me out again. Down there in LSU, for example, they're down there putting the ball all around the field. 300 yards in the air per game and 200 yards rushing. Georgia, 300 yards in the air, 191 yards rushing. Washington's offense is 300 yards passing, 100 yards rushing. That style of play cannot work in the SEC. It's never worked. There's never been an offensive style like this come down there and work. Because you have to have the ability to bleed the clock. You have to have the ability to take away the game. 
And that's what it's about. Texas and Washington, that game was a shootout. A true shootout. Who had the ball first? And who had the ball last? That's what that game is about. Who has the ball last? Because we cannot stop a nosebleed. And that is going to be a problem for DeBoer. I hope he figures it out overall. I don't wish bad on anyone. I just speak fact. I speak from my prior, I mean, I, I, I've yet to see it happen in the SEC. I've yet to see it happen. It's only worked in the Big 12, Pac-12, and a little bit of the ACC. I'm sorry, that style of play is yet to produce chips with dip. It's yet to do it. So I am a skeptic of if this is going to work at Alabama. I hope so. I hope he can fill the shoes. But here we are. And this is That Guy Jig Sports Podcast. I am him, J-I-G. Subscribe, rate, and review. This is the third of the third. We're on to next week. Divisional round Saturday. We'll be, we'll be popping up another episode. This is for all my gamblers out there. This next episode, man. This is for all my gamblers. But for now, this is That Guy Jig Sports Podcast. I am him, J-I-G. Thanks for listening. Subscribe, rate, and review, and tell a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend, and then we can all be friends, man. This is a ship that never sinks, a friendship. And that's it, folks. Peace.